Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that strives to make sense of the wonderful, complicated, ever-magical Talmud. And today, we have the pleasure of welcoming Rabbi Sari Laufer, the Director of Congregational Engagement in the, shall I say, the Vatican of all L.A. shuls, <laughs> Temple Stephen Weiss. We like maybe Castle on the Hill. The, ca- the Shining Castle, uh, the Shining City on, on a Hill. Sari, thank you so much for joining us, but you have your work cut out for you today because as we reach the very end of, of Masechet Brachot, some things get a little bit complicated, and, and today's page, I feel, is one of these pages that is full of complications. So the rabbis begin by discussing this word of about creation, and they notice that there are two yuds, uh, two appearances of the letter yud in the text, and, and they try to ascertain, you know, what does that mean that this letter repeats itself twice in, in the text? And some of them say, well, it's because there are two yetzers, yetzer atov and yetzer hara, the evil inclination and the good inclination. Right. But pretty soon they get to the point, and the point is about these dual stories that we get in Genesis, one of them tells us that God created man and women together. Uh, and the very next chapter tells us that God created woman out of Adam's rib. And so the rabbis indulge in this very long discussion of, you know, how a woman was created. If she was created from a rib, does that mean she is part of the human face or the human tail, meaning the front end or the back end? <laughs> Does that mean that there's some sort of duality between man and woman? Are they equal or is one uh, does one fulfill a certain function and the other a different function? Make sense of this for us. Oh, okay. Easy task. Yes. There's two pieces that I think are worth acknowledging of the way that they talk about it. Um, the first is that they largely, except for one sort of very brief moment of discussing it, they reject the first creation story, or at least they don't connect with it. They don't interact with it at all. Right. right. The first creation story is God says, let's make humankind in our image. God created Adam. I had a teacher uh, in rabbinic school, Dr. Tamara Eskenazi, where we had to pay into a tzedakah fund anytime we translated Adam, which in modern Hebrew you would say man. If we translated it as man, we had to pay. Right? <laughs> she would say sort of humanity, the first human in the image. And then the the important language that is in that text is bar, uh, Zaharu Nekeva Barautam, that male and female, God created them. Right. And they don't really interact with that text at all. They have really sort of chosen to, to go into the second Genesis text, which is the, in chapter two, which is the story of Eve being created out of the tzela. Again, modern Hebrew rib, they're not as sold that it's a rib, and if it is, what does it mean? Um, so I want to like raise that challenge. What do you do with this first story that, that places these two genders, and, and here only two genders, but what, that does place them on equal ground, right? Created in the same moment, created in the same image. And they don't really want to answer that, it seems. That's one challenge that I'll give to the text, at least. I don't know if it makes sense of it. You know, the second is the academically or theologically challenging of what does it mean for our text or our or text, right, the Torah, to have these two different stories that seem to be deeply contradictory. Um, and I will say I would rather the rabbis have had that conversation, but that's not the one they're interested in, right, because they, they are interested, and it's one of the things I teach about the rabbis. They, I think they like to set up black and white, right? They like to set up distinctions and then live in between those distinctions. So it, it, it's a better conversation for them to say we have man and woman created as 
really separate and distinct, even though maybe not so separate. And then figure out like, so what does that mean? Like, what's the muck between them? And so when you when you read um, their conversation as as a modern day rabbi, does that strike you as a kind of blind spot or do you find anything in this conversation to kind of illuminate the ways we could think about this very question of uh, gender and relationship between genders today? So I try, look, I think, I mean, part of this whole enterprise, right, is how do we read this text that was written when it was written? How do we read it now without putting too much of our own value system into it? Because I think that's hard to be like, they should have talked about X, Y, Z. That might not have been present in their world or their life. Um, Here's what I will say. I think in general, I think they are deeply asking these questions of what is my role in the world? Both big picture, what is my role? But also, you know, what is humanity's role? And for them, you know, I think I always say like they were living men with living and learning and being with other men. I think women were really very much outside their conversation, um, literally and figuratively. And then so figuring out like, okay, what role does this other group of people who populates our world, but isn't necessarily deeply in it, what's their role? And I don't think those are questions that don't exist today, right? I don't think we want to essentialize and I'm not sure that they're totally essentializing, but I think we do ask those questions of what's my role? Does gender place limitations? How do I either fight against those? How do I use those? Is there a way to harness those? So when we continue to read the page, we we get to some pretty, you know, the the conversation goes from the lofty theological to the kind of rather halachic practical in which they say, for example, a man must never walk behind a woman because then he would gaze upon her alluring flesh and have all kinds of evil thoughts, which is why you should always walk in front of a woman, and you should never spend a lot of time, for example, counting money in the presence of a woman just so you could look at her long enough. If you do that, you will inherit, you know, hell. Uh, there are all kinds of very kind of practical notions. And and I love what you said before about being very careful not to judge this text according to our own cultural sensibilities but but i wonder what you make of a text like this which you know kind of literally says well here is what relationship between the sexes here's how it ought to be regimented uh is there any way for us to to sort of extrapolate some meaning from a moment like this uh in a way that we could live with that would resonate with us that would inspire us to rethink some of our conceived notions about gender or or is it really just one big difficulty that we have to swallow so it's an i'm curious of my answer or further question uh is really about gender or about again sort of that role and purpose piece i think that you know one of the concerns for the rabbis in general is you know time wasted and time that could be spent on sacred pursuits uh, and certainly I find it, you know, problematic as a woman that they definitely define, and this is not the only place, spoiler alert, that they do it, you know, where women are sort of seen as a distraction from, right? you know, in this sense of like, oh, you know, don't walk behind her because then your mind is going to turn away from Torah and halacha and the things that you're supposed to be focused on. And instead you're going to be looking uh, at her storehouse shaped body. I particularly liked <laughs> that piece also. Um, <laughs> it's just a nice little addition there. Yeah. Um You know, but I do sort of wonder, you know, this is very male gaze, right? And, you know, part of me laughs at it, right? Because I'm sort of like, man, maybe they spent time with a lot of, you know, 
heteronormative teenage boys, where I think sometimes this might actually be true. Um, and, you know, they don't have the opposite, right, of like, but what if what happens if women are walking behind a man? You know, are they going to get distracted? Do we just not care if they get distracted because they don't have as important things to do? Um, but I do wonder if there's something we can get at beyond the gender or, or deep into the gender, but of, again, you know, how do we keep ourselves focused on what matters? And how do we define our boundaries and the relationship? Like, I think they would say boundaries and relationships that are meaningful and sacred and not distracting from this larger purpose. Which I think is 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 a truly inspiring way to approach it. I mean, acknowledge the difficulties that we feel uh, as as modern uh, humans, some of us reading this text, but then kind of extrapolate from that and think, okay, first of all, they, they were raising the, the question of gender, which is a question that obviously sure. in our culture we think about all the time. All the time. Uh, second of all, they uh, kind of addressed the issue that we might want to think about the proper way to for these genders to interact, which is a question that we think about also all the time in very different ways, thankfully, but also right. prominently. Also. And and third of all, and I love I love what you said, the notion of, well, really kind of stop to think what it means for you to be human and what your priorities ought to be and, and do your best not to spend time on uh, idle, distracting and destructive right. pursuits and, and rather kind of commit yourself to uh, things that are more healing, shall we say. Yeah, and I think there's there's two other things I would add. I think first, you know, they don't necessarily have a super high opinion of men. <laughs> right. But like women are very much other for them. Uh, but, you know, they really like this idea like, oh, if you walk behind this woman, like forget it. You're right, right. You're if you walk behind a woman or if you walk behind a woman in the river, right, you have no per- portion in the world to come. Like, right. Not only in this life, but even, you know, whatever comes next, you've you've counted yourself out. So it's sort of you know, it's not the highest opinion of, of men and their ability to focus, but I'll put that aside. You know, but I also think, you know, you, you mentioned at the beginning the the use of the two yods for the, the evil inclination and the inclination for good. And I, I wonder if some of this is also a response to that. And I think you could read it in a very problematic way. And I think, by the way, our text often reads it that way, that the woman in Proverbs in other places in our text is sort of the, you know, sort of the path to to bad inclination, right? Like that they lead you down the garden path to some extent. And so I think there's the problematics of that, right? Of that somehow following women, looking at women leads you to listen to your evil inclination. But deeper, and again, I think that large question that for sure exists for us, right? Of who are people in our lives and maybe here and maybe in the 21st century, it doesn't matter what gender, who are the people in our lives that act as feeders for the good inclination, right? The ones who help us make the right choices and face the right challenges. And who are the people in our lives who, when we follow them or look at them or try to imitate them, are leading us in the other direction? Amen Sela, Rabbi Sari Laufer, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. Thank you. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. 
I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.